0: This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishnanos. Yeah, good evening. We were doing the Narad Bhakti Sutra. This is uh, we had completed till verse seventy-seven. That is Sutra seventy-seven. So we are going to start from seventy-eight onwards. Just a recap of what we did yesterday. We were discussing about the time. When is the right time? And the right time that we have to actually find for going towards spirituality, towards devotion. So when is the right time? That was the question and we then spoke about the pleasure, pain, desire, profit when it is not troubling. That means people try to find time which is conducive to them. Now what is the conducive time? Right now is the conducive time, there is no other time besides now, here and now. Because you really don't know whether you will have any time tomorrow. So we were discussing about time and the way in which we have to start the devotional path. Go towards devotion. So today we are doing verse, that is Sutra 78 from the Narad Bhakti Sutra. What are the qualities that are required? 78 and 79 are more or less the same way. So what are the qualities that we need to have? So Narada says, virtues like non-injury to others, truthfulness, cleanliness, compassion, faith in the Lord, etc. should be consistently cultivated. Virtues, like non-injury to others. We are not here in this world to do injury to anybody. Unless and until you are born and your swadharma is to be a soldier or maybe something which will take you towards Maybe as a Kasai, you know, (laughs) you really don't know. As a Butcher, I mean. Then you are focused on that issue. But otherwise, we are not supposed to be doing any injury to anybody. That means we have to be very kind to people. We have to develop this. Why it has to be developed? It is because our world is showing us different kinds of views. Every day in the newspaper, there are provocative articles. If you join company of some people, your friends, relatives or whoever, and if they have to talk about something, they will keep on talking about somebody doing something wrong somewhere. And it really irritates you and says, no, I have to do something about it. Now, when a person wants to do something about it, he is actually going to cause some kind of an injury, some kind of a grievous injury, Not only to that person but to himself as well. Because getting involved in somebody else's karma is you have to avoid. Why would you want to get into somebody else's karma? Already you have a whole pile of karma lying against your name, isn't it? Why is it important to get involved in somebody else's life? So... You have to stay out of it. Now when we speak also, we always criticize somebody or the other. Why is he doing like this? Why is that person that way? It is their nature. It is the individual nature because of which they are prone to do those kind of things. And if they are supposed to do those kind of things that is the womb that they have got. That is the kind of body that they have got. Why would you want to interfere in their world? Getting caught up in unnecessary karma is not right. Now there is a collective karma also when now you have seen so many people going out in the streets. They are getting beaten up. You naturally feel sad for them. You feel bad that, oh, this poor person, you know, he got beaten up. The moment you start feeling that, you are actually getting involved in that process. The reciprocation of anything is to, please understand The karma means, what you give is what you get back, isn't it? It's always a give and take policy. Karma is always like this. So suppose you give something, you have to get it back in return. You get involved in a fight, the reverse of it has to happen to you. If you are at the receiving end now, the next time the other person will be at the receiving end. It's a balance. The universe balances itself out. The karmas get equalized. So it is always better to stay out of it, completely dispassionate, not get involved in it. There are bigger issues, you may say, a bigger issue, where the group of people are involved. There is a war or today there is an issue connected to health. Don't you think that your involvement should be there, is the question that you may ask. Whereas I am saying that you have to stay out of it. What exactly am I saying? Am I saying that I should not get involved? You should not be part of that, trying to save people or should you be a part of it or not part? be a part of it? That is a big question also you will have. If the Divine has programmed you to be a part of that saving campaign, then you will automatically be there. Got the answer? <laughs> you are a part of that group directly. You are going to be there. So there is no such thing as avoiding it because you are going to be a part of it. But unnecessarily meddling think what is being said over here. Now today there is a crisis of health which is connected to the coronavirus. Now think what is happening. There was a person in Mumbai. He was selling Pani Puri outside a very important location. Now, his business went for a toss because now nobody is there on the roadside. Suddenly, last week, he was back again in the street with the same tailor. And this time he was selling face masks. So the question arose, why is he doing that? So he said, see, I have to make a living. So my wife in the last few days time, 15 days time, she stitched all these face masks. And that is what I am selling over here now. So in terms of entrepreneurship and all, he would be, you know, you will definitely like the way he, he has done the job. You will say, oh, he's done a great thing. But I am going to ask you a question. Is the person helping the cause or is he not helping the cause? Technically, you will say that he is not qualified to make those masks. Because there is a certain specific requirement for that particular industry, for the healthcare industry, there are requirements. That is why the government and people over the world have written how this mask have to be made. And if a person is not conforming to it, naturally he is not doing the right thing. So, who is right and who is wrong in this? Did you see, just because I took up the story and just because I told you the story, your mind started acting on it, reacting on it. You started thinking, oh, he has done a great job. Oh, why is he saying he not done a great job? And there is a constant dichotomy in your mind, Is he doing the right stuff or is he doing the wrong stuff? You have got involved in unnecessary talk. Do you think you can be of any service in that? No. You are only going to think too much. So did you get it? Here the answer is you are in your place. It was mentioned yesterday you have to utilize your time constructively. Isn't it? By listening to these kind of stories do you think you are doing anything worthwhile? Your mind is unnecessarily reacting to it. So the best thing for you to do is do what you got to do and not bother about all these kind of issues. Got it? So that is the Then, when you are not involved in it, you are not doing injury to anybody. Are you? You are not. Truthfulness. What is the meaning of the word truth? Everybody has a yardstick of their truth, by the way. Alright. How does the truth differ from person to person? If you ask individually... Everybody will say, I am very truthful. I said this truthfully. It is his version of truth. It's a version of truth. It is not the truth. Do you know why it is not the truth? Everything is under the control of maya. Maya creates situations, creates this kind of illusory things in this world. So what is the truth? If you ask Narada, the only truth in the world is God. Isn't it? That is why there there are three Ds. The third D is called discrimination. Know the real from the unreal. What is real and what is unreal? Everything in this world is unreal. Did I not tell you this entire story of Narada, how he went through his life? He had gone to get that glass of water. And in that, getting that glass of water, an entire story unfolded in front of him. It is Maya's creation. What is the truth? can never be ascertained in the material world. In the material world, we all have our versions of truth. What is true over there can never be judged. We cannot be the judge. Today morning, I was reading a very beautiful text where it was mentioned That the justice can only be given by God. This is the words that were there. Justice can only be given by God. And what does the man do? The man tries to conform to that particular justice. Means what? Let us say there is a robber. He goes and robs something. Now when he robs something, he gets caught. Alright. If the robber gets caught or if there is a murderer, he goes and murders someone, he gets caught. He gets punished by the law. So the robber may get a year or two in jail. And the person who has committed the murder may get 14 years or 15 years in jail. Now, I want you to think about this. Is that called justice? It's not justice at all because the robber robbed that thing. How has robbing got to do with two years in jail? What is the balance over here? Do you think you can measure 365 into 2 years like that for a robbery? Does that compensate? If there is a murder, can murder get compensated by 14 years or 20 years in jail? Do you get it? So in this very ancient text which I was doing today in the morning, The answer very clearly said the justice can only be done by God and nobody else. Human beings can only try to conform to that particular way. We can try to impose a law. We can tell the person don't do this. If you do this, you will get two years of jail. If you do this, if you murder somebody, then you will get so much time. That is all we can do. But do you think we can bring back the whole thing? No way. No way can the murdered person be brought back to life. The person who has robbed something can be returned back and the whole thing is completely settled. No, the act has already been done. So where is the question of truthfulness? There is no question of truthfulness in this material world. Everything is as per the Maya's creation. She creates situations in our world. The answer to it is, do not get conned by Maya. You can go through the situation. It's a part of life. Like today, can you fight this situation today, what you are in? Today you are forced to sit at home, take care of yourself, not go out, you cannot cough, you cannot sneeze, you cannot even <coughs> you, can, you cannot even do this. If you have a common cold, you will be under scrutiny. Think about it because you will be sneezing. (laughs) And you know, they will put that thing against your head and see, oh, this fellow's temperature is up. You are finished. So now tell me, do you think your truth is worth it? If you go out today and say, you know, I have to go and reach to this particular place because this person is ill or something like that. The police on the road can take the baton and beat you. Why? You are not supposed to be out. You don't have choices today. Do you have a choice? No. So this is what it is. You have to understand the real from the unreal. What is the truth? Only God is the truth. Rest, everything is Maya. Whole world. Can you fight Maya? Don't even try. Don't even try to fight Maya. Just now only I told you that if you go out trying to fight Maya, Maya will put you in jail. Why would you want to do something like that? So from frying pan into the fire, you say, no? It's not not required. So stay where you are. The next word which he says is called cleanliness. Short. Basically cleanliness doesn't only mean taking a bath or becoming clean physically. It also means cleanliness of your thought, action and deeds. You have to be clean. No contamination of any kind. That means don't have dirty thoughts. Don't say dirty words. You understood? Cleanliness is of all kinds. Not only of the physical body, but of your mind and your being also. Just be clean. Compassion. Now, compassion is required in this world because Just like Jesus Christ said, for they know not what they are doing. People really don't understand. Sometimes people do all kinds of nonsensical stuff. Do you think they really understand what they are doing? Most of the time they don't know. They are doing it because of their nature. Today morning I was having a satsang where I was told that uh, people across the world, you know, across nations, if there is a 10 o'clock call in the morning, they give so many reasons why they cannot attend the call, why they cannot be on time. The boss of a big multinational company says, you know, To get my guys to respond to me takes three to four hours. Today is a time when it is (laughs) very, very important to respond. They are not doing anything and yet people are not responding. Are you so busy at home? You're just at home, isn't it? The boss has sent you a small reminder saying that, can you please do this for me? And this company over there, the boss is telling me, I am sorry, you know, these people don't want to respond also. I looked at him and I said, you are a bad manager. (laughs) Instead of telling him his people are bad, I said, you are a bad manager. So he said, how is that? I said, if a manager is a person who manages people, isn't it? Why is it that your people are not responding? Doesn't that tell you that you are not a good manager? If you were a good manager, they would have responded immediately. They would be standing at attention. Think about it. If you are a general, a commander in chief, and your downlines are not going to listen to you, you know what's going to happen? They call it court martial. So in the Army, Navy, Air Force, you can have court-martial. Those leaders and commanders, they can do that. But what about the poor fellow over here? Every company manager is saying, Oh, you know, it is so difficult to get my people to work. Today, when there is so much time in hand and you find so much of a difficulty to get your people to work, what is going to happen when they stand in front of you? So, one wise guy came and one wise guy told me this. You know what? Today, for one thing, I got to have a call with five people and then the call has to go on for an hour or two. And then I have to get everybody on the same page. You know, by the time, end of the day, we have spoken for three hours on something which I could have done by walking inside that person's cabin in the office in five minutes. Surprise! So the same thing which you could have got done in 5 minutes by walking inside that person's office. Now you are calling him up on on whatever hangout, this, that, so many other, you know, things that are there. And then you are saying that, oh, I have to get the other person. The other person is not available just now. What is he doing? He is very busy on another call. Actually, he is fast asleep. So this is the reason why everybody so at such point in time what are you supposed to do? The world is compassion. Remember that. Should you be compassionate with that person and say it's okay you know. I understand. Everybody becomes lazy in these circumstances. I know you are sleeping for two hours. That's why you never called me. Is that what you are supposed to do? That is not called compassion. That is called stupidity. What is your designation? What is the job that you have? If you are a manager, why is your person not there in time? Given a choice, you should be kicked out instead of the downline. Because the downlines are anyway going to be behave that way. But why is a manager behaving like this? Oh, they are not listening to me. Can you do that? You can't do that. So the compassion is to do something. So when the person was expecting me to be compassionate with him, I compassionately gave him a kick in his rear and I told him, you are an idiot. You better work. And you get those people to work also. Don't say that Oh, it's time that they take some rest or something like that. Don't even say those words. That means you are not doing your duty. In the Bhagavad Gita, hasn't Krishna said that you got to do your duty? If you got to take up a sword and fight, you got to take up a sword and fight. If you got to take your bow and arrow and shoot, you got to take your bow and arrow and shoot. You can't say, oh, I'm having compassion. These are my relatives, you know, I can't kill them. It's war. This is war. You are sitting at home. It's also a war. You got to get your work done. You know otherwise your company can shut down. Why would you want that to happen? If you don't want that to happen, then you better work. So compassion is a term which you have to see very clearly. In spiritual language, compassion means... We are not involved and yet we are doing the right stuff. Compassionately Ravana was killed by Ram. Do you think it was by any other? Was he angry? Was he upset? He said, you know, like some filmy dialogue he said, no. He had to die. He had to die. Period. So compassion is a very strange term. You have to understand. Compassion doesn't mean that you take a slap on this, then you turn your cheek onto this. No, compassion doesn't mean that. Compassion means to show exactly the kind of job that is needed to be done and put people on their path. Yeah, you will say, you know, compassion in dictionary doesn't mean like this. Compassion for Dalai Lama is different. That is their way of looking at it. Compassion in my world is to ensure that you do your job correctly. And I have to ensure that you do it so correctly that you are on the right path and that you can reach the divine. So that is very important. Now, in terms of compassion, let us look at the gopis. Every gopi was given certain jobs. You remember, two, eight, hundred, thousand. I have already discussed this with you all. So if there is a gopi who was supposed to be creating, you know, jasmine flower mala for Krishna, what do you think should be done? Today she says, you know, I am very sick. What am I to do? It's a job entrusted to that person. Remember, it's a job entrusted to that person to get that particular full mala for Krishna. What is to be done if that person is very sick? Compassionate? Of course, just ensure that that person meets the doctor. Right? But can that person fall down on the duty? No. So the immediate supervisor who is maybe this person is in the hundred ring, this person is in the eighth ring, there, but there will definitely be someone who is supervising that other person, isn't it? You have to find alternate solutions. As a senior person, your job is to find alternate solutions. If the mala has to come, the mala has to come. Got the answer? (laughs) So, it's a very strange answer, but please remember, this is how it has to be done. Faith in the Lord should be consistently cultivated. Do I need to tell you about faith in the Lord? I think we have been discussing faith in the Lord since a very long time. Alright, we are moving to Sutra 79. Narada says, from the Narada Bhakti Sutra, Sutra 79, Always free from mental anxiety, the Lord alone should be invoked and sought after with all factors of our personality. Free from mental anxiety. You see, the mental anxiety is like a common thread in our life. Human beings, they are constantly anxious. If not this, then that. If not that, then something else. They are always anxious. What is your life all about? Anxiety? How am I going to eat? What am I going to do? Where is the money going to come from? These are anxieties. And if you are going to be continuously anxious, how do you think you will move ahead in your world? In the material world, the answer is find answers, isn't it? It's a question. How do I have to make money? Is a question. So make money is the answer, period. You go find how different ways of making money. But in the spiritual world, what it is? In this devotional aspect, what is the answer? Your mental anxieties are not going to help you any which way. No way are your mental anxieties going to help you you are going to be more anxious day by day. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Do you remember jungle book? And in the jungle book there are those vultures sitting on a tree. So this vulture pushes the other one and says what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? And it goes on and on and on. So what are we going to do now? Empty mind. See? See? The answer which Narada is giving you is straightforward. Remember the previous verse where I said to you keep everything at the feet of the Lord. Right? Did he not say even your anger and upset all these things he he said very clearly in the verse over there. Can you keep it at the feet of the Lord? Like that, why be anxious? Your anxiety is going to kill you. It's not going to give you any answers. Best thing for you to do is leave everything at the feet of the Lord. That is what he says. Free from all mental anxiety. Free yourself from all mental anxiety. What's going to happen? What is going to happen? Ask yourself, what is the worst that can happen to me? What is the worst that can happen to you? You can die. You can fall sick. That is the worst. Alright? You may lose money. But if you lose money, you can gain money also. It's not necessarily that you're just going to lose. You can make money and become okay. If you have a health issue, you can get your health back. Medicate yourself. Go to the doctor. Find some answers. So the worst case scenario is what? Death. What is the worst that can happen to me is called death. After that, what is there? You don't even know what is there. So don't bother about it just now. Just being anxious about something is not going to help you. So leave all your mental anxiety away. Just throw it out. Only the Lord has to be invoked and sought after. What is it that you are seeking? What is your desire? The desire has to be only the supreme divine consciousness, divine Lord, Krishna, Father in heaven. That is all the thing that you got to desire in your life. You are not supposed to be bothered about the rest of the things. How are things going to happen? What is going to happen? Where are you going to do this? And what are you? You know how many questions are there today? Today's day? Ask anybody across the world. Whether it is United Nations, World Economic Forum, or the presidents of countries or prime ministers of nations, the main concern, the main anxiety that they have is when are we going to come back to normal? normalcy. When is the normalcy going to be there? The economy is in shambles. You can't go out. Think, so many issues are there. And your anxiety levels are mm, shot through the roof. There are no jobs. There is no money available. All the loans which the big banks had given, including that OYO issue, The person has asked back for the money. Think. Do you believe that people will go out for say the parks? You think you can take your children to the park? They want to play with other children, isn't it? The fear is there. Can you go to a theatre? It's a closed space. Even if somebody sneezes, you are going to get a heart attack. (gasps) My God, somebody is sneezing over there. Got it? In a train. It's crowded. In a temple or a church. Just imagine in a church. Somebody just (laughs) coughs. Everybody will want to run away from that place. Would you like to stand next to another person? You know how much crowds are there in the temples? You think people will want to go there? Now all these issues that I said to you, think what I am saying. If I have to go anywhere, I have to be very careful. Now the anxiety comes. How many months is it going to be there? How much time are we going to be involved in this? When is the? When are the restaurants going to open? A restaurant is a public place. A lot of people gather together. The government itself has said, 5 feet away. Even your waiter cannot serve you. Did you get it? Everywhere, whether it is the tourism industry, you think tourist places people will go? You know how chock-a-block tourist places are? People stand close to each other to watch the sun, watch the uh, mountains and do all kinds of stuff. You really think it's going to happen? The, the industry which is connected to it, tourism, hotels, aircrafts, traveling. When there are going to be less people traveling, what is going to happen to the tickets rate? The rate of the ticket. (laughs) I'm sure it will be doubled. Because the the aircraft will carry only half the passengers. Similarly the train. Half the passengers only. Because social distancing is required, isn't it? Do you think you will want to go and buy a fridge or a refrigerator, you know, a, a washing machine run now? I don't know. You will avoid. So, did you see now these are called anxieties? Where is the money going to come from? Where are the jobs? Tell me, do you have solutions? The simplest answer is no, sir. I don't have many solutions for this. It's a collective effort. How it is going to happen? I am just a person who is going to follow what the government says that I have to do. Do I really have a choice? So this is called social distancing which is like the biggest anxiety. Just a few moments ago I told you it is called Maya's creation. Maya has created this entire scene for you. Enjoy. The truth over here has to be attended to. What is the truth over here? Only God is the truth. What does he say? The Lord alone is to be invoked and sought after. The Lord is not saying be foolish and go in the crowd. Okay. Okay. He is not saying anything like that, but if he has to find a solution for you, he will. Why are you worried? Why are you anxious? A devotee is only supposed to be devoted and in love with God. If God is my father, God is my mother. Don't you think he will find a solution for you? That is the reason why the first word is called faith. Yes, there are anxieties. As a human being, you will be anxious. You will have a lot of tensions. You will have a lot of stress. Of course, you are going to have. But cultivate the faith in God. there's a simple story where Vibhishan he is a great devotee of Sri Ram right so he had walked over water to go to india so one person comes and tells him i want that magic formula which will help me walk over water so that i can go to india from sri lanka So, Vibhishan says, okay, I will give you. So, he ties something to his dhoti, that gamcha which is there. Okay, and he starts walking on top of water. By the way, he doesn't sink. He starts walking on top of the water. Halfway through that, he says, what is it that Vibhishan has tied, you know, to my gamcha, cloth? I have to see what is this magic thing that he has tied. So he opens it. Inside that there is a small leaf. On the leaf is written Rama. He said this, this is keeping me afloat. The moment he shows this doubt, he sinks in the water. This is a story which will tell you about devotion and faith in God. The faith in God has to be the ultimate thing. What makes you think that anything around you can be altered by you or anybody anywhere? Nobody has the control. By the way, nobody knew about this virus. Did anybody know? You can come up with stories. No, in 2019, somebody had written. Sir, nobody knows about this virus. It suddenly popped up from somewhere and it just started causing so much of damage to everything. What are we supposed to do? We just have to pray and wait for the solution. Have the faith. The faith is the ultimate thing. Have faith in God. Today you may be jobless. Today you may not have money. Today you are completely down and out. Don't don't worry so much. Don't have these anxieties. Can you just be having that one little word in your life called faith in God? Have that faith, no? Just believe in that divine one. That is what he says. Always free from all mental anxiety. The Lord alone should be invoked and sought after with all factors of our personality. Just ensure that everything that is there in this world, you owe it to the Lord, the Father in heaven, God Almighty, Krishna, whatever you call Him. Just see to it that you are just 100% with Him. Trust Him. Have faith. Things will get sorted out. Somebody asked me a question about the share market. The markets are tanking. Everything has reached wrong bottom. You know, the world is ending. Okay. I told him this is the time for people to buy. Okay. If the rate was 2000 rupees last, say, about uh, two months ago and today it has gone to 200 rupees, don't you think it is time to buy? If you have the money. Because from 200 it is definitely going to go to 2000. Maybe a year or two years down the line. We always live on hope. Isn't it? Here it is called faith. So I was just answering that person's question. Doesn't mean that you have to invest money in market or anything like that. I just said what it means. Just have that faith. Put everything at the feet of the Lord. And when you do that everything will turn out well. We'll move to verse eighty. This is Sutra 80 from the Narad Bhakti Sutra. When invoked, he indeed reveals himself and makes the devotee realize his absolute nature divine. When invoked, when we invoke the Lord, he will show you Himself. There is no magic formula. Okay. Kulja sim sim. We are not supposed to say something like that. Okay. Open sesame. There is no formula like that. No. By uttering those words, God is going to stand in front of you is not the criteria. The idea is you want him to be in front of you. Have that faith, love, devotion, surrender to him. That is it. So he says, When you invoke this God he indeed will reveal himself and make the devotee realize his absolute nature divine. He will tell you who he is and what he is there for and why are you here. Let him tell you. Isn't it? How are we to understand just like that? We don't understand anything. Normal human beings have no clue about this world. So when you surrender everything to God, invoke Him. Bring Him out. He lives inside of you. Please remember this. When he lives inside of you, you can invoke him, you can bring him out. And when you bring him out, what happens? He indeed will reveal himself. Why would Narada say these words? Narada wants you to believe his words. Please understand this. He is saying when you are a devotee of God, he will reveal himself. Vivekananda went and asked. that His name was Narendra. He went and asked many people, "Have you seen God?" Everybody's answer was no. So he came to Ramkrishna Paramahansa, asked him the same question, "Have you seen God?" And unhesitatingly, he just said, "Yes, I have seen God. Do you want to see?" Well, have you seen God? Maybe not. But the belief and faith has to be of that level where you invoke him. He will show himself. He will reveal himself to you. And these are the words not only from this scripture, from this particular book, but it is there in literally all the books. If you go to Guru Granth Sahib also, it is there in that. If you go to Sai Baba's Pothi also, it is there in that every scripture, every beautiful book will tell you the same words. Why? Because whoever has written those words has seen him. He has revealed himself. So he makes his devotee realize his absolute nature. Whatever is his nature, he makes him realize that. Sutra 81 says, of the three truths, that is time or paths, devotion alone is the greatest. Indeed, devotion alone is the greatest. I have said these words time and again. In the Bhagavad Gita also Sri Krishna said the same words. In the Uddhav Gita also he has said the same words. In the Srimad Bhagavatam also it is mentioned. It is written in Ramakrishna Paramahansa's gospel also. It is written in the Bible. It is written in Sai Satcharit. How many proofs do you want? No other path is effective. Not a single path is effective except devotional path. And Narada over here is saying, of the three truths, what are the three truths? The first one is Sankhya Yoga, Karma Yoga. That is the path. Devotion alone is the best. That means the path of bhakti is the ultimate and the best. Because it's the simplest, it only talks of love and devotion for God and nothing else. It is not giving you any exercises whatsoever. It is not telling you you have to learn something, read something, do anything. Not necessary. Of the three truths, devotion alone is the greatest. Indeed, devotion alone is the greatest. The highest path ever for today, for a man, is devotion alone. Somewhere it is mentioned tantra Because this is Kali Yuga. So people think Tantra is also there. You know. The remaining two paths that is Sankhya and Karma. It's a little tough. You you can't even remember half of the things. And you are not strict. Nothing is there. So people say Tantra. It is very easy to fall in Tantra sir. When the question was asked. How do you classify Tantra? So, Ram Krishna Paramahansa said, there are lots of ways inside the house. You know, if you want to come inside the house, there are lots of ways. If you have a bungalow or something like that, you know how you have to come inside. Tantra is the back door from the toilet. There is a door behind also, no? Why would anybody want to come from the back door? Why not come from the front door properly? That is devotional path no you don't require a passport a visa and all that no nothing is required over there devotional path is the ultimate path all right we have come to the end of verse 81 uh there is a very big verse after this 82 83 so we will do that tomorrow i was hoping today we will finish but yeah we were not able to so again a small time for story <laughs> since we took Ram's name today so let us talk about Ram only So there is a story of a very great saint of northern India who stayed who was born very close to Delhi And uh, this particular saint is very well known for his doha Okay <laughs> So you understood I'm talking about Kabir now, Kabir's many stories are there and I have also myself, I think it is, it's, uh, you will say, a repetition. <laughs> Repeating all this. Okay, I will tell you two short stories of his. So Kabir was born to a Hindu mother, it is said. Nobody knows this, by the way. It is believed and abandoned and he was found by a Muslim parents. All right. So they brought him up. So when they brought him up, he was interested in only the religion, which is called our religion, Sanatana Dharma. So he is also called a Sufi saint somehow. So let us see what happens. Now it so happened that he needed a Guru. How do you get a guru? Especially a Muslim. You remember yesterday's story was also about a Muslim. And he had a difficulty finding the guru. Here also it was the same problem. How do I find the guru? So he said, see the best person over here, his name is Ramananda. (laughs) I have to somehow go and get Ramananda's blessings. So the story goes that one day early in the morning, When Ramananda was coming from the river taking a bath this person was lying over there (laughs) and he stumbled on him. Now all these people were called as a different uh, name you know so Ramananda was very much oh my god I stumbled on somebody and then he looked at this person oh my god this is crazy and immediately you know you know in our world we, we say you know, Jesus, some people say Krishna. So Ramananda said Ram Ram. <laughs> so Kabir got up from there and he immediately started saying Ram Ram. And he told everybody I got initiated by Ramananda in this you know, he initiated me into this mantra called Ram Ram. Such was the cheek of this person. He had so much of, you know, devotion. So in that, he immediately started saying Ram Ram and became a great devotee. Ramananda then accepted him. And the story goes that he, he was with Ramananda for quite some time. I think more than 12 years he was with him. Like I said, there are too many stories about him. There is a story when he was a weaver family. From the weaver. You know weavers. It is said that he lived in utter poverty. Not much money. He would sometimes eat, sometimes not eat. So, at one time, he had woven something and his wife said, take this to the marketplace and sell it. Now, it was like a a long piece of cloth. So he goes over to the market and tries to sell, sell it. He sits over there like this only, just keeping the cloth in front of him. And he's taking the name of God. You know, he used to write those Doha's poems, so he writing that. Nobody came near him, except one person, somewhere at the end of the day, he came and he said, uh, how much is this for? So Ramananda said, my wife has said that I should quote this much, suppose 10 rupees. He says, no, I have got only 2-3 rupees, I, I, can, I cannot buy. So can you give me half of it? So he thinks about it, half means 5 rupees, no? <laughs> 10 rupees, half 5 rupees, so I can cut that fabric and give him. So he takes, he tries to cut and then he suddenly says, what am I going to do with the rest of the half fabric? You do one thing. You take this hole <laughs> and he gives away the hole to him. He says, take it away. So this is a funny story from his life. And the, la- and the last one, I am because I don't have much time left, <laughs> the last one is about the king of Kashi. You know, he comes to visit him because he has heard he's a great sage and all that kind of. So he comes to visit him. At that time, Kabir is carrying one pot of water. Now what he does he starts pouring that water in front of the king and the water starts flowing in front of the king and it flows and flows and flows. Now king is wondering what what is this guy doing? So he asks him what did you do just now? He said I poured water. So Now remember he is in Kashi, okay. It's going to reach Orissa and there is a fire in one place. So it's going to douse the fire out. The king looks at him and says, are you mad? You're pouring water over here. Orissa is so much far away, you know, so far away. How is it going to douse the water? He says, you think I tell lies? I tell the truth. So the king sends his spies to find out whether this is the truth. And they come to know that that is really the truth. The water had overflown and gone to that person's village and doused out the fire. So the king is really very surprised. He calls on Kabir and he says, I am very sorry. I doubted you. I should not have doubted you. So these are simple stories in Kabir's life. Kabir's Dohas are some of the best in the world. If you ever get a chance, you can listen to them. They bring a lot of devotion in the life of people. These Doha's and his writings are also there in the Guru Granth Sahib. He is also mentioned over there. So you can understand how great he must have been. So the path of devotion is for all of us. Remember it is the ultimate and the best path. No other path can match that. Devotion whether it is Sankhya Yoga, Karma Yoga, you can go and do whatever you wish to, Tantra, Mantra, Jantra, everything. Whatever else in this world that we have spoken of. Do you think any of these pages spoke of anything else? No. Narada is very clear. There is nothing to be done. So why do all these gymnastics, acrobatics, All these pranayamas and this and that. Why are are you interested? Just leave it. Doesn't matter. Just say, God, I want to be with you and I want to invoke you in my heart. Just come and stand in front of me and I want your darshan. Devotion is the only path open for all of us. So we have stopped over here. So tomorrow we will do the next verse. All right. Take care, you have a very good evening and stay safe.